0: Hello and welcome to the next edition of Enterprise Doctor Business Show. My name is Mark Harris. I am Enterprise Doctor and I do advice and support for businesses. My guest today is Ian Moyes, who's EMEA Sales Director of Natterbox. How are you, Ian? I'm great, Mark. Thank you for inviting me to join you today. Good, good, good. My pleasure. Thank you for, for being here. I appreciate it. Um, EMEA is Europe, Middle East and Africa. I don't know how. I, that is I correct. To say back in the day, I used to say EMEA, sure. but I know you like EMEA. Natterbox, what's Natterbox?
1: So succinctly, we are a technology vendor, British founded and headquartered, and we cha- help businesses change the customer experience and their productivity of staff when talking over the phone and we do that by providing a cloud-based phone system that fully integrates with the salesforce platform using your customer data to better inform the customer agent in that integrate that conversation they're going to have wow
0: that was a well-polished succinct summary there and i think i even understood most of it so that's good. It sounds from, from the way you put that, um, you're a sizable company. How many staff are we talking-ish?
1: Yeah, so we've grown rapidly over the uh, past 24 months. We're now about 115 to 120 people and still growing and still, um, fortunately, in the nature of the business, we're in still fully operational and live during these COVID times.
0: Brilliant. That is good. One of the things I find weird in government speak is that in government speak, you're an SME, a small and medium enterprise, is not until you hit your 250th employee, but 100-plus employees I call pretty sizable. And they're all still working? No no furloughs?
1: No, no. We've actually recruited people during this period and been onboarding them. And of course, that's an interesting new experience where uh, they're an employee, but they've never actually been to the office. And we were lucky enough with a, I think all the certainly the candidates I'm aware of to have met, at least met them before this started the process and met them in person before this happened, but they've never made it to our office. They've never <laughs> seen the, the workplace and they've not met all their colleagues, but they've been on all these Zoom and Hangout type calls in the meantime. Yeah. So it's interesting how this technology can still enable you to build rapport um, and at some point lead into a rela- relationship even though you've never physically met.
0: When you start, as a lot of people are discovering now, when you start to manage people who used to be in the same office as you, that's one challenge that that people face when their staff start working remotely, which I guess is a challenge that you're facing. But if you're also recruiting people through this period, you're remotely managing people who you've
1: never even met,
0: let alone sat in an office or sat on the next desk. So, yep. how, how, do you, how does Natterbox and how do you go about relating to staff in the current situation, communicating with them, motivating them, how, manage it? How, how does that work?
1: Yeah, and I think it's a challenge every business has got, small or large, right? Is I think the key thing is whilst it's challenging at the moment, we all want to have a business to come back to and as best, in, in as best a position, situation as is possible. And that's how to look at, take the outlook on this. Whether you are, you ha- you're fully operational, as we are lucky enough to be right now, or you're not, you still want to come back to something. You haven't given up for, you know, f- forever and a day. It's, it's a bump in the road. And that involves people. So you know, what are you doing with your people? So we... We, we looked at this and had, had we planned this, did we have all the answers out, out of the gate? No, of course we didn't, because whilst we had different people worked remotely at different times, you know, we, we have flexible working and we have company values whereby, if some, you know, if someone needed to look after a relative or had a particular thing they had to do, would we allow them to work remotely? Yeah, we had that in, but it wasn't something where the whole business fully for a long period of time had to work remotely. Mm. so with that we looked at what do we need to do now to uh, maintain efficacy of our employees um, and, and duty of care and what do we need to do to put them in the strong strongest position we can for when we do come back to some form of normality in the office so we've done a number of things and a lot of them are small you know there's small it's lots of small things i think we need to do so for example our sales team uh, every morning at nine o'clock we jump on a google hangout video call and we all hang out for half an hour every morning sometimes we stay on there longer sometimes people have to drop and it's a mix yeah but that isn't get on there and here's a specific agenda it's get on there and it's that sort of what you'd normally have in a work environment that coffee machine moment of how how are you doing What, what did you do last night and we're saying, you know, we watch this program, or oh, you, you got to see this, or oh, I did this, or we did this quiz on my family. It's a okay. bit of chit chat. But, but
0: park, it, how, how many people are on that call?
1: Typically, it's anywhere between 8 to 15, depending okay. on if someone's taken a day off or not. Right. And we're still encouraging people during this period as well who aren't furloughed, which we haven't done, as you indicate. But take a day off here and there. Don't wait to the end of this and then have all your holiday built up. And also you need to have some respite whilst you're at home anyway and you can't go anywhere. You still need to get your mind away from the the work at mind. So we've had people taking a day off here and there so they're not on the call. So that's one thing we've done on on a different team's basis. So each of the teams in the business are doing their own little things such as this. We've had employees spinning up pop quizzes within different departments. You know, on a Thursday night there's a there's a quiz, cool. uh, everyone grabs a glass of wine or whatever and, and so it's keeping the social interaction going amongst and the rapport going amongst the team. Was a CEO does
0: what, it, sorry, was that part of the culture before the lockdown? Did you have would you have had a Thursday night pub quiz?
1: No, no. We, we we did little things where maybe once like there'll be a cinema night or things like this that the teams did, but not as regular and not as diverse as this, because what we've done here is we've seen lots of teams do different, different things. Some people are doing a gaming night where they can all game together online and, you know, this sort of thing. Um, our CEO does a weekly call, you know, and, and that isn't a weekly call. It's all officious and lots of slides. It's a 15 minute weekly call, just a voice from the of the company of what's our view because every week of course there's new new news coming out from the government Mm -hmm. and advice well but what's our company opinion on that what are we doing how are we aligning are we gonna you know so the all employees have an all hand so you can all jump on and that's a screen with a lot of faces on it very small icons (laughs) um but it's everyone's getting the same message it's not an email being sent out because the technology enables it it feels more personal yeah. and that he's taking the time to do that. And each as managers are keeping an eye on our individual staff, HR's checking in. You know, I had one day when I'd had a bad day um, and HR called me the next day because, because they touched base with me during the day. I'm a bit concerned yesterday because you, you seemed a bit, you know, I, I, I'm to check how you're doing. Cause it looked, and it was purely, I said, look, I had a deadline on doing this webinar material and this blog and doing this. And my day was manic and, and it was just one of those things, but they took the effort to reach out and check in. So these are all small things, right, which cost yeah. nothing, but yeah. a little bit of time, but giving a little bit of thought to how are you keeping your employees in this time involved, engaged, and, and it's a people visit, making them feel personal. Yeah, and really supportive to, to be doing yeah. that.
0: In terms of how you manage people. A lot of people who in the past were resistant to managing remote workers. they wanted them in the office where they could jolly well keep an eye on them and make sure they were doing what they needed to do. And they decided not to allow remote working. The decision as to whether or not to allow remote working has now been taken away from them because it's happening. And they're sort of having to start to learn the techniques and I find I found a few things that you said about that really interesting, that the hangout at 9am, to me, 9am is work time, but that's not work, that's chat, that's talk about what you saw on Netflix and that kind of stuff, and that's work time. And I think that there's a real mindset change that managers of remote workers need to get into their heads, which is, it's about the objectives being achieved. And particularly when parents are homeschooling their kids, when Lord knows what is happening in the home environment, it may be there are some people who really want to work 5 a.m. to 9 a.m. and then 5 p.m. to 9 p.m. because that's what suits them best. Are you giving your staff that whole, your team, that whole flexibility to do what they want to do when they want to do it, so long as they're achieving the objectives that you're setting within appropriate timescales.
1: Yeah, Mark, I think it's an important point, right? And it depends on the nature of people's role. Yeah, you know, we, we we have developers and they can work, apart from when there's a meeting or a huddle and they need to discuss things with colleagues uh, or the QA, QA testing department, et cetera. Does it matter when they, do, to your point, when they did that three hours of coding, do, do, do you really care as long as the work's done and, and we're driving forward and so we have momentum? Um, whereas with a salesperson, whilst there is a degree of you can do stuff offline, I want them to try to talk to customers. I don't want them doing all the stuff out of hours and all electronically. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's an interesting world we live in. I've always, um, for many years, whilst I'm very digital and on social, et cetera, said that, you know, all of that stuff is not a conversation. It is a communication so you do an email it is a communication which is formulated and thought about i send it to you you then construct a reply which you edit re-edit think about restructure and send back you may have misunderstood what i sent in the first place because the, the, the tone and intent and nature were not there um and you typically don't email back going oh well, well do you mean this whereas if we are having a conversation and i say something you'll immediately go you'll start answering it and i'll go no i no i didn't mean that mark because i can gather that and we get it done you email yeah. back, I wait three days, I get an email, and the answer doesn't answer. Oh, hang on a minute, what What have you answered? <laughs> oh, you've missed. oh, I didn't mean that. You lose so much time yes. and miscommunication and delay. It's not, a, it's not a conversation. So, for me, for people that have to be talking to customers, which, which has a different value prop than, you know, chat or email or deferred communication... You need to be doing that in those hours because you're not going to call someone at six in the morning. And God forbid you're going to do it during this period um, because they're not even on the road going to work. Right. So yeah. I think it, it's a balance and it's a mix. But yes, to answer your question, we, we do support the appropriate thing. What yeah. we're looking for is the work ethic there. You know, we are not furloughing people. We're, keep, you know, we're keeping people motivated. But in return, we do expect staff to do their part which is continue to work hard to support the business because we're supporting them in this period. We haven't, you know, we're doing everything we can to come out of this strong and in a fit state and for the longevity and to support them through that as well. And to
0: turn around that that remote working thing, you've got lots of people who are remote remote working and you're their manager. How are they... Approaching you and communi- communicating with you. And if I can put it this way, managing you, managing upline is a, a skill, and, and not everybody has it. And to what extent, if people's working hours have changed to, you know, to give them that freedom, you, you could be getting calls at 5 a.m. from some people and, and midday from others, and five, but do you ever get some downtime? Or are you, how are you managing them managing you?
1: Yeah, so I think you've got to be flexible in these times as a business leader to the needs of your staff, but also respectful that there's a different world going on around us. And those individuals have different stresses, which none of us, I always say, you know, everyone's different. Everyone's been on a different journey to get, don't know their, their home environment and challenges, right? Are they... Financially strong, or are they living on day to day? You don't know what other challenges they've got around. Typically, around medical and their family, there's, a lot, there's lots of things mm. people deal with at home yeah. that you may not be aware of, which normally don't come into the workplace, right? Yeah, they they just yeah. don't because people turn up or they don't, or they have to have a day off and they deal with it. Whereas right now, everything's impacted. Kids at home is a prime example. The kids are at school, even if someone is working from at home you know they might have to drop their kids off and pick them up and there's a little bit of flex there and timings and change of things but right now they're at home the whole time Mm -hmm. so how are you how it's not your employees fault for that purpose and they have to count that into their life depending what their partner's role is you know if their partner's a care worker well that's put strains on them which that maybe isn't normally there uh, maybe their family is supportive normally, and they've got parents, who, grandparents who look after the kids and do the, who can't do that now because of the furlough, you know, yep. the, the isolation piece. Yeah. So the whole game's changed. So I think you've you've got to a be respectful for the world that we're now in has changed, and be a bit more tolerant for flex in the business. And what I do with my team is, but in as aside to the regular calls we have, we're jumping on video calls all the time. Right. Mm. So we're not. We, we've virtually my mobile's virtually gone dead. <laughs> yes. Not because we're not talking, any the less, but because we're not on the move. You know that person is going to be within minutes or seconds of their PC anyway. Yeah. So we're typically doing it on there, and if not, and I've had occasionally when I touch my touch base on the team on it, they answer it on their phone, and yeah, they're in the they're in the kitchen making a coffee, but the, yep. the app rings on their phone and they've answered it on the phone, which is fine. Yeah. Which normally wouldn't be tolerated, right? You think, well, hang on a minute, what are you doing? <laughs> but suddenly we've all become much more understanding because it's if, if you if as a leader you hadn't figured this out before, now you have because you're you're in the same shoes of realizing there's a balancing act to this. Yeah. But what will be interesting I think is what are the opinions when we come out of this? How many how many comp- how many people build remote working into the average week? How many people, are there going to be companies that go totally remote working and kill off their office space and realize they can save a ton of money because there's some companies will find this worked for them and actually they got more productivity and realize, actually, we don't need an office. Maybe we need to rent, have a company meeting once a month, but we can carry on like this. There will be some companies that do that. Mm. Um, And there'll be others that will do a blend of it. But I think remote working will certainly become more acceptable. We'll certainly see businesses tooling, tooling up to be ready for this should this as the scientists are happening it's likely to happen again yeah well no i don't think anyone wants to fall into the same trap next time i think customer customers will be less tolerant next time as well i think
0: yeah absolutely um i think you know you mentioned there about sort of coming out of lockdown and and we have no idea what the new normal will be like but there will come a point at which we look back at the lockdown as a bit of our past when you're interviewing again to recruit after the lockdown is is there are you going to refer back to the lockdown or when you're going through that interview process or is you just talk going to talk with people about their skills and
1: know so i I've, yeah I think that's a a good segue into something i've been saying um, for a number of weeks now that dawned on me is. There is one question all of us will be asked at some point in the months or years to come, all of us in different contexts. And that is, what did you do during COVID? Mm -hmm. It's such an obvious question, right? We're going to do it to, if you buy, because we've all experienced the same thing globally at the same time. When has this ever happened? When we've all got the same contextual base point. And, it, and particularly for recru- in, in recruitment, you're going to ask them, right? Well, it, it's just whether you've consciously prepared to ask it, it's an obvious one that's just going to come out. And, oh, what did you do during co- even two years' time? It's going to be such a hot topic. What did you do during COVID? And I'd yeah. suggest to people as an individual human being, you need to think, how do I want to be able to answer that question? Because do you want to say... Well, I down tools, our business did this, so I didn't, I was furloughed or whatever. So I watched Netflix, spent time with the kids, it was great and it gave me this time. Or, and that's all fine, and we get that balance. Yep. Or are you going to say, well, um, I decided I, I, I needed to keep my hand in and be positive, and so I, I'd always wanted to learn French, so I re- did this, or I'd always, I thought, I'd, I didn't know what to do, but I thought I'm going to achieve something, so I went on the web and I looked. And I found some skills and some courses I could take that people were kindly offering for free that they weren't normally. And for us, what, what I've set my team to do, we work in the Salesforce ecosystem. Salesforce has a thing called trailhead, which is online learning about mm-hmm. their product ecosystem yeah. all, all around their world. And there's hundreds of courses and it's free. So I've said to Fabulous. my team, it's relevant to what we're doing. Yeah. So let's have a little contest, right? Let's there's certain badges you get at certain gates Let's get there. Let's get to the top level of that. By the time we come out of COVID, all of us, let's nail this and let's compete. And I'm every week grabbing a little league table, sharing it out. Really? Come on, you, you really? need to send me. Lovely, in. Lovely. Yeah. lovely. And I'm doing it myself as well. I've gone, I'm going through it. My hands are dirty as well as, as a sales leader. Why should I just put that on them to do? So we're all in that. And we're going to come out of this with an achievement. If nothing, if we can do other stuff as well, right? Learn stuff, but, That is going to be a tick box we give, which has value to our business, value to what we do in our career. And if someone did ask, if nothing else, two years' time, ask one of my team, What did you do? Well, I passed Trailhead, I got to Ranger status, and I did this, and it took this many courses, and I did 140 of these modules, and I did that. Wow, I carried on doing my job, but I came out with it something I could hold my head high and say I'm proud. And how are you going to feel at the end of it as an individual as well? You're going to come out, at least I've got something to show for this.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. I I am hugely impressed by that. And I think it will do those individuals and the business credit to do that. I want to finish by asking you a question, which you might consider a dirty question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. And because of what you just said, I already know part of the answer.
1: So what did you do during COVID? That's a good one. So... That's one of the things Um, I am guesting as we are here. So there's your clue on podcasts. So I've done many, but I've also gone out proactively looking for relevant ones where I can give something back to audiences around, whether it be cloud technologies or sales leadership, uh, uh, things that I've got a viewpoint on personal branding, social selling. And then the other thing um, is I um, have always for many years I've been into the equivalent of street magic the close-up magic Really, so i've bought I've, I've supported the magic industry and bought far too many things i've got piles of new tricks piled up here that i am segmenting into which are the easiest to learn first and which are the harder and i'm yeah. going to come out of this jokingly i've joked you know i may come out of this with a second career that if someone has a wedding and wants a magician yeah, you know, i can do i can right now i can do i don't know 10 things i can do a little routine pretty well but it's the same thing again and again. Fenton. I want to come out of this with a repertoire. I know a lot of magicians as well. and We talk online. That's one of my personal ones is I've never had time to get round to it because it needs practice. I've already learned a few things that I couldn't do, do before. Oh, oh. And you just saw really a magic good. trick for the video there. You saw a magic yeah. trick where I've yeah. vanished a card that the audience won't see. But that, no. take, that, took, that took several weeks of practice again and again, which normally – I just kept practicing while I'm on video, yep. of course, I can do it off camera, right? I can be doing yep. it now and you can't yep. see it. So that's the one I'm doing yep. it for p- my personal gain and achievement I want to come out of. That is
0: brilliant. And I'm going to tell the listeners can't see two things. They can't see the magic trick that you just did, which was very quick and very slick. And I can do that too but I can't do it remotely as quick or slick as you just did it. And the other thing the listeners can't see is the big smile on my face. I love close up magic. And you know what, when you do something, especially if you do something online as some kind of show, not that I would want to put ideas into your head, please, please invite me because I love that kind of stuff. So that's good. I really want to thank you big time for, for being here with me today. I've thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. I've found you entertaining and inspiring, and those are the two things that I really look for in a podcast guest. So you absolutely tick both boxes big time, and I Thank can you. see why, why plenty of podcasters are, are happy to have you on their shows. Thank you very much for being with us. If listeners want to get in touch with Ian, they can do so via the contact details that are in the podcast notes. I should give it a little plug, Ian Moyes, EMEA, Sales Director of Matterbox, or even MAS Sales Director, if you prefer. And my name is Mark Harris and I'm Enterprise Doctor and I do advice and support for businesses and you can find all of my contact details in the podcast notes as well. But for now, I'm going to say thank you very much, Ian. Thank you very much, listeners, for listening. And I am going to call it a day now. Until the next time, look forward to talking to you again sometime.